I tried to be very honest about my struggles and got some very hard feedback. That kind of feedback is better than reading about best practices on a blog or listening to podcasts where they talk about their successes because it's about your business. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Heyo, welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to Barcelona. Welcome back, boss man. Here we are. This is the pod where we talk about building personal freedom, mobility, wealth through uh, your own small business on the web. That's what we do. Today, we're going to talk about one of the ways in which we've managed to do that. In fact, a critical element to all of this was masterminding, or you could call it a mix of meeting intelligent people who can help unlock a better future for you, and having structured conversations with them. It can be difficult, it can be tedious, it can take some initiative, but it can make all the difference. So let's start by talking about what a mastermind is, because mastermind is sort of like a gobbledygook term. So let's just break it down. For me, a mastermind is simply a structured conversation that is focused on exposing truths to you about yourself, about your business, so that you can acknowledge them and move past them or leverage those truths into a greater success. It's kind of like therapy. It's a little bit like business therapy, yeah. Business therapy. So at the end of this episode, Ian, we're going to discuss how to get the most out of masterminds and how to create one for yourself. This is pretty cool because all it takes is a little bit of elbow grease. You don't have to pay to be in a mastermind. It just takes resourcefulness. So we're going to talk about how to create one and how to get the most out of them. And we've seen hundreds of these over the years. In fact, we've facilitated hundreds of these. This is one of the main things that you do if you come to a DC event. You participate in a mastermind. So you sit around the table with seven or eight other people and you discuss with them your biggest business challenges. And people walk away from that in tears sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they're laughing. Sometimes it's life-changing. Sometimes it's life-changing. It's not always the format where there's seven or eight people at a conference. It can also be just like the other day, me, you, and Noah Kagan sat down all afternoon. It was a four-hour structured conversation doing the same sorts of things. Masterminds can also happen virtually on the telephone every week or every other week with a group of peers that are helping each other to move their businesses along. I think it's safe to say that we value these a lot, so much so that we've, like you said, based a large part of what we do around these. So I think it's worth diving in and talking with a little bit more detail about them. So Ian, we're going to get to some of the ways in which you can get the most out of your mastermind. But the reason this all came to mind was because recently I was talking to someone for whom a mastermind played a significant role in their business journey, and it was Ryan Hanice. He came to our DC Austin event actually as one of the tickets that we sort of gifted to the community, check out our emails at tropicalmba.com slash subscribe. And I was on the horn with him talking about this experience. So he's trying to transition into starting an agency doing web app development for startups.
I've been doing freelancing for 14 years, but Booster Stage is brand new. I just opened Booster Stage as a company last November, and so not even a year old. So it's just me at this point and a handful of, you know, on-call contractors. I've never opened an agency before, so this is a real different experience for me from being a freelancer. My goal isn't to be a freelancer this time around. My goal is to build an agency that can run without me. What inspired you to make this transition from freelance to agency model, and how do you see them as different? Some freelancers do really well, and I admire those that do, but my experience was always that I was on this income roller coaster. You get a project, and then you spend six months or however long working on the project, and then it's over. And it feels like you make a lot of money during that time. You might make $100,000 for this one client during a few months' worth of work, but then it's over, and it might take you, because you've had your head down working on the project for all that time, it might take you another couple of months to get the next project. So your income actually kind of ends up on this roller coaster where you have a whole bunch of money and then you have a flat period. And then you got to go find another client. Then you have a whole bunch of money again and then you have a flat period. I wanted to get off of that income roller coaster. Now, this is a bit complicated, but inside the community, members like Greg Gerber, who we featured on this show, and companies like the Bean Ninjas have been reaching out to offer sponsored tickets, essentially saying, hey, we want some new interesting people that are dedicated to growing their business to come to these events. And when I first saw this stuff, I wasn't even on the fence about it. I was sort of suspicious of it because I thought, well, if you're really serious about growing your business and you value masterminds, wouldn't you pay the money, right? Wouldn't you find it worthwhile? And what I realized through this process is that there's a lot more to it than that. And part of it is simply saying, you know, we welcome new people even if they're struggling with the business. We want to meet people like us. And just extending that olive branch to people who aren't on the inside and aren't connected through entrepreneurial communities or whatever turned out to be a really profound gesture. It wasn't only the money. It was also kind of a barrier of like, I don't know if this community is going to accept me. You know, like I feel like an outsider still. You know, I've lurked on the forum, but that's it. I listen to the podcast, so I know what they talk about. I know what words to use to sound like I'm part of the group, (laughs) but I'm not sure if like this is going to be the kind of experience where I'm going to be accepted as part of the community. So I think having the scholarship program makes it so that it feels like the community is reaching out versus just being kind of a private club. The fact is we want people to come. We don't just want people to come because they get something out of it. We want them to come because we want them to come. And I think that's pretty powerful. It's like an invitation. What surprised you about the people who were there versus who you imagined them to be through listening to the podcast or lurking in the forums? It's easy to spot the superstars. You know, the guys or gals that are really knocking it out of the park. And there's some personalities that are very dynamic and very interesting and people follow them and everybody responds to them. So what surprised me, I guess, was maybe it's not a surprise, but what interested me, I guess, was that there were people there that were doing fantastic who were just regular people. They're not internet famous or anything. They're showing up every day, they're doing hard work and they're doing great. And there's others who are kind of on the journey and like kind of where I am. And so it was really neat to meet people that were kind of on the full spectrum of where you can be as an entrepreneur from, you know, sitting on the stage 
talking about billion dollar acquisitions to just beginning a new entrepreneurial journey. Did you find it meaningfully different from other types of conferences you've attended? Yeah, I did. And I think that biggest thing for me was the mastermind. Because it's one thing to sit there and listen to talks all day long. And you can get a lot from listening to people talk. It was the mastermind, really, that was, to me, was the biggest thing. And I loved the mastermind. I've been in masterminds before we meet, you know, on the phone. But there's something different about sitting around a table with people that are in a similar place and have different perspective on business. And seeing them in person and actually being able to reach out and you can touch them. They're there. It's pretty different. And I think that was, for me, that was the biggest, best part of the, of the conference. What really surprised me was that, well, I guess this shouldn't come as a surprise, but everybody was very open about their businesses. So this is an opportunity to ask people to tell them what your struggles are and get feedback. Because if you, if you hold back what the hard parts are of your business, you're not going to get anything out of it. So people were very honest. And I tried to be very honest about my struggles and got some very hard feedback. That kind of feedback is better than reading about best practices on a blog or listening to podcasts where they talk about their successes because it's about your business. We went around the table and each person had their 20 minutes of fame <laughs> and then it was over. And I guess like if I could do anything differently about that, I would like to do it a second time like in the afternoon because it was so intense. For 20 minutes, you basically... Like you have to be on, you have to be thinking about not only what you want to say, but like processing what the others are saying, trying to listen, trying to really listen to it, trying to write it down. And I recorded mine. Then it's over and then you, you have to think about the next person's. And so you really like tune into them and you really put them in the spotlight. And afterwards, my brain was like simmering. Like I just had all these things to think about. And by the afternoon, there were questions that I wanted to ask and I almost wanted to go back and like, and have that mastermind again in the afternoon and, and be like, Hey guys, I had some new ideas. What do you think about this? That would be really, really cool if there was a way to do that. And actually we, a couple of the members of my group have been corresponding and we might, we might start a mastermind separately. This week's episode is sponsored by the boss man and myself because we're passionate about dynamite jobs a new service that we've created. So every entrepreneur knows that when growing your business, perhaps the biggest hurdle you're gonna face is finding high quality motivated team for your remote business. That's what we focus on at Dynamite Jobs, folks for marketing, customer service, and operations that really get what internet businesses do. At dynamitejobs.co, we'll help you create a killer ad focused on the right candidates, and that's all part of our service. You'll only have to post your job once, we will share it with targeted candidates on our list of more than 10,000 established remote workers. Most companies using Dynamite Jobs find their ideal candidate within 30 days. But if you don't find someone within 60, we'll refund your job posting fee 100%. We guarantee, in other words, you will find somebody from dynamitejobs.co or your money back. And there's more. If you enter the TMBA code on the checkout page, you'll get 50% off that first posting. And of course, if you're listening to this and you're a talented candidate looking to leave the traditional nine to five career path, check out this site on a regular basis. That's dynamitejobs.co. Lots of great new opportunities this week. Go check them out. And big thanks to the boss man for sponsoring this week's show. I owe you a gelato, buddy. 
I love to see entrepreneurs getting value out of doing quality work that's good for them. It's like doing something good for yourself, you know, like make yourself a healthy meal, go to the spa, join yourself a mastermind. It's good for you, you know, do something good for yourself. It's good for you. Let's bring up Noah, Noah Kagan, who we had a mastermind with the other day. Noah Kagan runs AppSumo.com. And one of the things I've noticed personally that he's good at is what a similar thing that masterminds do, which is creating a safe space for others to critique what he's doing. And essentially, that's what masterminds are attempting to do with the structure. It's saying, here's where I'm at. Here's what I got going on. I would really appreciate your best energy on me right now. We talk about Greeks versus Hebrews. Remember this? Yeah. Yeah, I think you were the one that introduced this concept to me. Can you explain it? Elizabeth Gilbert, in her follow-up book to Eat, Pray, Love, said this thing that always stuck with me afterwards. It was just like a simple distinction. Basically, you're either a Hebrew or a Greek, and I suppose there's a, a spectrum in between the two. And Hebrews are people, generally speaking, who value tradition, who seek to buttress communally held beliefs in conversations. And Greeks would be more novelty seekers, people who seek to question the accepted status quo and want to disrupt it. Right. And the reason I bring it up is it's not really about religion, right? As you define, it's more about a a value set. And I think that there's plenty of times where it makes sense to be Hebrew. There's other times where it makes sense to be Greek. And one of the times it makes sense to be Greek is during this critique process, during this mastermind process. And it's interesting to watch people go through it who aren't traditionally Greek to allow other people to criticize them, to allow other people to get inside of their business. To, because what ends up happening ultimately is you're not just getting inside of their business, you're getting inside of who they are, the way they operate, the way that they believe things should be, right? And that's what people end up ultimately talking about if your mastermind goes deep and is, I think, valuable. It's who you are and what you are doing. And so the reason also I bring up this Hebrew versus Greek thought is during a mastermind, and I think just in general, like when you're running your business, like you have to figure out how to get as close as you possibly can to the truth. And it's not necessarily like your truth. It's like, what's the truth of my customers? What's the truth of my product? What's the truth of this business? All that. And the reason why it's fun and it's, I think it's valuable to have other people into this conversation is because they can objectively look at that situation and say like, nah, man, you're screwed. Like this business is bad. Or wow, that's really amazing. Here's my credit card right now. When you're kind of in the thick of it as the operator or the owner, like you start to form beliefs that may or may not be true based on your experience or based on like what you want the outcome to be, things like that. And so you can really find yourself in a position where, not that you don't want to be honest with yourself, but it's not even possible to be honest with yourself. You can get into a world where like you're surrounded by wish thinking. Yeah. You can get yourself into a situation where your reality is not aligning with real reality. And you could still be making money, right? Like you can still be making a living, but it might not be where you want to be. So if you have dreams of making a $10 million business or something like that, it might not happen because your reality is not really reality. Getting real is a big business opportunity out there. And in fact, it's the title of 37 Signals' first book, which is a classic. I would definitely pick up that book. It's free download on the internet. Getting real is 
what I'd say this mastermind process is really all about. And the reason why I think it's so hard, again, for a lot of people to get real is because they have like too much invested in one direction. Imagine you have a kid, right? And your kid's like 18 and they're really messing up big time. (laughs) But you keep giving them the allowance, right? And you keep giving them the keys to the car and all this stuff. It's just like you're so invested at that that point for it to like work out, you know, but like anybody from the outside would be like, dude, you're doing all the wrong things for this child's like development, you know, but you're just too invested. It takes taking a step back. What we did the other day with Noah, we sat down in the cafe and we like actually talked about things that we really wanted, actually talked about what was going on, how to get there and things like that. It's a vulnerable position to be in. I remember at one point Noah was like, oh man, I can feel my my heart's kind of beating like I know this is the the right thing, but I'm not doing this right now. And I think that we all have like several of those moments when you're in this mastermind. And if you don't have those moments when you're in a mastermind, maybe something's not right. I get it. I get it. I was looking at our event, DCBKK, is coming up in October this year. It's going to be 16th to the 21st. And it's a five-day event now. It's camp for entrepreneurs. The strong majority of attendees choose to go through this process at an event that's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a good time. It's camp for entrepreneurs. But no, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to pay extra. And I'm going to do this thing that's going to make a breakthrough. I feel the love and I feel it burn down this river every turn. Hope is off for letter word. Make that money. Watch it burn. Ian, let's talk about some tips. I'm going to run five tips by it and you let me know what you think. Number one, this isn't a pissing contest. Go in with the assumption that everyone is struggling with something. And this is to sort of underline Ryan's point of being open, being vulnerable, and getting yourself sort of emotionally prepared for that going in. Like this is the worst time to try to prove something to yourself or to the other people around the table. Like you know, for me, it's like so much easier just to like assume like nobody's where they want to be. No one's life or their business is perfect. You don't have to be the first one, you know? <laughs> you can be 80 years old at the mastermind table trying to work on whatever it might be, like personal development, your business, whatever. And, you know, having a good group of people around you that are able to tell you the truth about what's going on or what they see, you know, what their reflections are and what they're telling you, that's really important. Like, if you know the answers, then don't show up to the table, right? Yeah. Enjoy that your answer is on your own. And a lot of people do. A lot of people do show up to these tables and say, like, yeah, you know what? I knew in my heart that, like, I was going to have to disassemble this business, or I knew in my heart that, like, I was doing this wrong, but it, like, took me coming here and, like, having five other people come to the same conclusion pushed me over the edge. That's a common thing that happens. Tip number two, have or be a strong leader who helps to organize the conversation from a basic level, like how often are you going to meet? What are the expectations? What are the agenda for the meetings? These sorts of things, like have a point of view about them, bring them to the table. And that's really what brings value. So I'll give you an example. At DCBKK, for example, we used to have these meetups where it was like, anybody who has a business that like with revenue at this level, that's in this industry, meet up at this bar at this time. And you go there and the reality is, is that you meet a lot of awesome people that you want to connect with in the future. And you might get that person's email or phone and connect with them down the line. And that happens very often. But not a lot of work gets done in that room. The progress happens later. 
But if you quiet that room down, turn down the music, sit in a circle, and all of a sudden have an agenda, you can get right down to work right away. And that's really what being a strong leader is about. It's like, hey, let's not just sit here and talk about, you know, where we traveled the last couple months. Like, let's get down to business, you know? And people love that. There's something really pleasurable about growth, about moving forward in your life. Well, most people don't have these types of conversations on a daily basis. This is a unique opportunity to dig in, to get down to business, and to actually learn something, hopefully, about yourself and your business. Step number three, guide your group, but not too much. So what are productive ways in which you can guide feedback? Rather than explaining it away and like giving excuses, there are some productive things you can do. Two things that I notice on this point. The number one thing that people do is try and wish away the feedback, right? So it's like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I've, I've heard this before, or I tried that, or whatever. If someone is telling you something, and you've heard it before, maybe it's more true than you think it is, right? <laughs> so it's like, everybody at your table is telling you to do something, or everybody on your mastermind is telling you to do something. Yeah, guys, yeah, guys, I've already tried that before. You know, it didn't work well. Maybe you should listen. Maybe you should try it again. That being said, giving feedback, I think that it's important to understand how to give good feedback. A lot of times people like to theorize when they give feedback. It's like, well, I bet if you did this, this, and this, this would happen. The best kind of feedback is settled in experience. I don't know what you should do in your situation, for example, but this is what I did. And this is something that we actively encourage at the beginning of Masterminds, which is like, you know, the thing about if you're giving advice to somebody, it's easy for that person to wish it away or to question it because you're going direct to them with like a theory. It's easy for them to have the antidote to the theory. But instead, if you say, well, I was in a similar position one time. Here's what happened. All of a sudden now that's like information about the world that they can incorporate into their future decision making. So that's a really effective way to help give people feedback. And of course, asking questions. You don't have to know the answers. Like they're very difficult questions, right? So simply tasking yourself with asking structured questions of people trying to get to the core of the actual problem they're trying to solve. A lot of times that can be the biggest takeaway is what problem are we trying to solve here? And if you can help somebody at a mastermind table get to that problem and identify it, you've helped them a great deal. It's true. The presenter, you know, will a lot of times, you know, say like, well, this is a problem that I'm trying to solve in my business. And then if people start asking the right questions, it turns out that maybe it's a personal problem they're actually trying to solve, or maybe it's a tangential problem that's stemming, you know, from that problem or something like that. So if you're good at your job, listening to people and digging around as you should be at one of these masterminds, then you might find that the problem is different than the presenter is actually leading you on to believe it might be. Step number four is one of my favorite questions is, what am I not seeing here? What don't I know? You know, I think that this is a really powerful question. And if people have a sense for it and they're willing to offer that to you, it's potentially really powerful. All right. Finally, Ian, tip number five, how can we think of ways to consistently turn advice into action? Because you're going to get a lot of stories, anecdotes, advice, questions. I try to think systematically. How does this affect the processes or the structure of your business, not you specifically in terms of like what you need to do? Because you want to really be careful about making to-do lists. 
for a variety of reasons, I think it's dangerous. First off, your time is valuable and limited. You can't all of a sudden like have a full-time job as the CEO of your company and then have this big extra to-do list to do when you're walking away from these things. So I would say you determine a process that you're going to implement in your business based on the feedback that you got. You're going to invest in the process with money and people, and then you're going to test and you're going to report back to your group what happened. So in other words, like it ain't no good if like you have to drive all this stuff. At the core of it, it has to be a process or a system that you can implement and test in your business. What a better CEO is going to do is they're going to put skin in the game and they're going to make a bet on a system or a process that they believe is going to grow the business. That's not a to-do item and they're going to put money into it or time or resources or people and they're going to see what happens. They're going to be accountable for it. For example, you know, if you walk away from this process and what you've heard is you need to be a better CEO. That's not something that you can really act on, right? So the better answer might be you need to hire and fire faster. So what's my process for hiring faster? Okay, I'm going to use XYZ method to hire. And then for firing, I'm going to have this 90-day period. And within that 90-day period, it doesn't work out. You know, whatever your process might be, that has to be your takeaway. Like you said, is creating a process to become a better CEO. And becoming a better CEO means hiring and firing faster in this instance. Any final parting shots? Mine is big thanks to Ryan. Big thanks to DC members who've extended these amazing, incredible olive branches to entrepreneurs looking to uh, make it happen. There's almost like when you get to that existential level, you know, and you're like, what's my purpose in life? And what am I doing with this business and stuff? There's like one universal there is that real recognize real and Established entrepreneurs love to mentor people that are on the path that they trod themselves. One of the cool things about being an entrepreneur is it's sort of like, for the people that I enjoy spending my time with, it's sort of no BS territory. It's like, what are you doing? What do you got? What are you going to do about it? You're responsible for all of it. Like, no one wants to hear your hype train BS. No one wants to hear all your accomplishments, this and that. It's like, no, it's, this is hard stuff that we're doing. So, real recognize real. And if you're on that path, it doesn't matter what level you're at, people want to help you out. And that's that olive branch mentality that uh, I think is really cool. What I'll say about these masterminds is a couple of things. One, if you join the Dynamite Circle, which is our private community of entrepreneurs, we put you in a mastermind. We usually hook people up twice a year. But if you join sometime during the year and you're really amped to get in a mastermind right away, you can always join one. We just have like two sort of like reset periods where sort of like hundreds of members reset their masterminds, but you can join anytime. And other thing is DCBKK coming up in October. There's a mastermind day there. We're signing the contract actually right now, Dan, for to do DC Austin again in April. In April 2019. So we're going to have like by the end of 2018, in a combination between our members and us, we're looking at over 15 events in 2018. And by proxy, we're talking about maybe over a thousand masterminds, definitely over thousands of masterminds have occurred in 2018. That's the point I was getting at, which is you can come to one of these events and be a part of a mastermind. You can join the DC, be a part of a mastermind, or you can do none of that. And you can just have a serious conversation, right? With an agenda. You can sit down with people that are important to you or people that understand your business or what you're going through and ask them for the truth. You know, that being said, there's a bunch of ways to get this done. And uh, we've got a bunch of resources to help you do it. Yeah, check it out. TropicalMBA.com slash 
Mastermind Thoughts. Thanks to Ryan for coming on the show. And thank you for listening to the Tropical NBA pod. We will be back next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical NBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.